Bo Horvat going to the New York Islanders is a win for the Minnesota Wild. I'll tell you why today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Locked On Wild on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we break down the Bo Horvat trade headed from Vancouver to the New York Islanders. We'll look at what it may have cost the Wild in a similar package. And we'll talk about the fact that going to New York is a big win for the Minnesota Wild, keeping him out of the hands of a few of their Central Division rivals. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. First trade piece of the trade deadline has dropped as the Vancouver Canucks sending Bo Horvat to the New York Islanders, the trade package sending a couple of players back in return, Anthony Bavillier, prospect Atu Ratti, and a conditional first-round pick in this year's draft was the return. Now, we had talked about Horvat's status on previous episodes. He is uh, an impending free agent, and so a true rental for whichever team was to acquire him uh, here at the deadline. The Wilds had kicked the tires, but with the possibility of not being able to retain Horvat due to the Parisian suitor contracts, this one just kind of started to become more and more, I think, of a tall order. Because you just you don't have the money to re-sign him uh, after this season is done unless you move some pieces off the roster in order to accommodate that. And so it is looking as though it was a situation where Bill Guerin just opted to not, uh, not really get as involved with Horvat uh, as some of the other teams had. Now, the price for the Islanders to acquire. And let's look at where the Islanders are at uh, and just consider what prompted them making this move. Uh, New York currently two points behind Pittsburgh for the second wildcard spot uh, in the Eastern Conference. So certainly are, are still within striking distance, but 3-5-2 and two in their last 10 games. And a team that just has struggled so mightily scoring goals this season that it it became a situation where the Islanders were desperate enough to get some top six scoring that they went out and made the move. Now, interesting as well in that you see a trade happen this far out. We're still over 30 days out from the trade deadline. 
And to see a trade like this happen this early on, the big wonder is going to always be, could the Canucks have received more in return had they waited? Or did they get to a situation where they simply were worried that there was not going to be as big of a market for him as they had hoped, and so they got what they determined to be a fair return and um, ended up pulling the trigger. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see and, and measure it against um, uh, the other trades that happen up to the deadline. And as we mentioned, the return, a conditional first-round pick in this year's draft, I believe, if I have it correctly, the pick for the Islanders is top 12 protected this season. And so if the Islanders end up in the top 12 this season, then it will be a an unprotected pick in 2024. If the Islanders were to if the Islanders were to swing and miss on this, and completely fall out of the postseason picture, then that's where that comes into play. You have a uh, a veteran in Anthony Bovillier who has uh, just not been, uh, I think, what the uh, the Islanders were hoping that he would be. And by veteran, I I'm saying that as if he's like a 35 year old. I mean he's he's a 25 year old um, 25 year old prospect that just has not had the same type of performance this year that he's had over the last few. And so the Canucks are banking on a bounce-back performance from him beyond this season. And then with uh, Atu Ratti, you're hoping that he ends up panning out into a guy that you can put in your, um, your middle six second or a third line guy. Uh, And so the Canucks banking on both of those guys having an impact with the Canucks beyond um, this season. And they're going to have a good look at both of those guys uh, as the year progresses. Um, Ratty in the minors, but uh, they'll get plenty of looks at Bavillier uh, before the year is done. And so, an interesting first trade because you look at it for the Islanders and now they have Brock Nelson. They also now are putting Bo Horvat into the mix. So a pretty good top two center combination, uh, center pairing for the Islanders and uh, a, a perfect trade to kick off the uh, the trade deadline spree. Now, what would it have taken for the Wilds to get a similar deal done. Well, you look at the draft pick, and if it is a top 12 protected for the Islanders, I think there is a likely chance that the Wild will not be in the top 12. And so you're probably just giving them the first round pick uh, without any protections attached. And then... You could make a similar case for Bavillier, I suppose, that you could make for Jordan Greenway. Bavillier, much more of a scorer, but a player who just is is kind of 
I think, peaked as to what he could be with the New York Islanders, and so maybe going to benefit from a change of scenery. Sounds familiar. Uh, and so maybe you put Greenway in as the piece there, but not a scorer. So maybe if you go Greenway, then you have to um, make the prospect a little higher up the board uh, to where it may be like an Adam Beckman or or somebody along those lines um, that you send to the uh, the Canucks to make that trade happen. And so you look at those types of of factors. And Bill Guerin, I think one of the things that he has done throughout his tenure with the Minnesota Wild as GM is he really keeps a watchful eye on those prospects and those picks, especially first-round picks, uh, really keeps an eye on those and is not super keen to get rid of them um, unless he absolutely has to. So it seems as though Garen opted to not get involved in the Horvat sweepstakes for a couple of reasons. One, the potential that you're getting Horvat for the rest of this year, and then that's it. And it would be difficult to recoup any sort of value for him um, unless you signed him to uh, like a one-year deal or something along those lines that you then could flip him after that was done. So it gets tricky there with the math and also Garen valuing having the uh, the prospects and the picks, at least for now, uh, for this wild team as we move forward. So the big trade chip off of the market, one of the big trade chips off of the market, who else is left? We'll take a look through both conferences to see who is still out there and who the Wild may target given the framework that they are looking at as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. And today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by none other than the official sports betting partner of Locked on. That, of course, is the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. All of that available for the biggest game of the season, plus as many prop bets as you can possibly handle. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Continuing today's episode of Locked On Wild, once again, thanks for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked On NHL podcast to get some more recap of the Bo Horvat trade to the New York Islanders, plus all that and more uh, on the Locked On NHL podcast, which you can find and any podcast platform 
where you uh, check out your podcasts. So now that Bo Horvat is off the board, who's left for the Minnesota Wild to take an uh, look at in a potential trade? We'll go through both conferences to finish off the show. So starting off in the Western Conference, I think you can pull from this list of teams that are definitively out of the playoff picture and uh, are, are either essentially eliminated from postseason contention already or are trending in the wrong direction. You've got Chicago, of course. They're out of it. Anaheim is out of it. Arizona's out of it. The San Jose Sharks are pretty well out of it. Vancouver has uh, thrown in the towel, and so they're going to continue to move assets off the roster, and so they are out of it as well. St. Louis Blues have lost five in a row. They're three and seven in their last ten. I get that they're five points back of Nashville, but they're eight points back of Calgary, and it's starting to show signs of the water taking on boat or uh, the the boat taking on water uh, for the St. Louis Blues. So, starting to get to the point that it may be time for them to really seriously look at um, what makes the most sense for them. So looking at those teams, can we find something that is worthwhile in a potential trade? Well, we'll start with the Anaheim Ducks. We're just going to go through these rosters and just sift out the, uh, the things that would make the most sense for this team to consider. I mean, if for the Ducks... With the price tags attached, you can throw Adam Enrique and Jacob Silverberg off the table. They're both making five plus million dollars through 2023-2024. Ryan Strom signed through 2026-2027. Toss him off the list. Frank Vetrano. Uh, Max Comtois, I would imagine, will be a uh, priority re-signing for the Ducks, considering he is on the final year of his deal. You got Troy Terry on the final year of his deal. Trevor Zegras on the final year of his deal. Uh, I would put Mason McTavish in the off-limits part of the equation. And so that leaves you with a guy like Sam Carrick, uh, 30-year-old who is signed for under a million dollars for the next two seasons. And let's be honest, that doesn't move the needle really a ton at all. And so you probably don't have a good fit off of the Anaheim Ducks roster unless you were able to convince them to part with one of those younger guys not named Troy Terry or Trevor Zegris. So we're going to move on from the Anaheim Ducks because just doesn't seem like there's a logical fit uh, on that roster. San Jose Sharks, the big ones, Tomas Hurdle and Logan Couture, uh, Way too expensive because those guys are signed through 2026, 2027 at eight plus million per. You got Timo Meyer in the final year of his deal. He'll be a restricted free agent at the offseason. So that would be a big one, but you're going to deal with bidding wars with teams like the New Jersey Devils who are hot on the trail of his services. And so that leaves you with a couple of guys that have been on the roster previously in Nick Benino and Nico Sturm. I mean, 
maybe Benino would be receptive to a return to the roster, but you're probably not going to uh, to get Nico Sturm back. And so, again, with the Sharks, there's really not anything on that roster that moves the needle. You're going to pay a ton for Timo Meyer, And if we're looking at it, I think you would probably prioritize a top six center as the upgrade spot. So if you can find a top line guy and uh, slot them in between Kaprizov and Zuccarello, that'd be great. If you can find a, if you can find a center that can play one of those two top spots, that I think is the objective for this team. And so the Sharks, I'm going to put them in the category of just not really having enough that they would be willing to part with uh, that would move the needle for this wild team. Uh, we'll look at what is left with Vancouver. You've got Brock Besser, but again, he is signed through 2024, 2025. So do you want to take on that contract and try to, uh, to throw those, those hurdles together um, and, and kind of make that work? I mean, beyond that, they, they really don't have anybody that, uh, that is intriguing that can give you anything as a center really either. So off on the Vancouver bandwagon. For the Arizona Coyotes, Clayton Keller probably off limits. Nick Schmalz is making almost $6 million a year through 2025-2026. So that's probably not a route you can go. And so that leaves you with the likes of, say, Travis Boyd, who signed for $1.75 million through next season. Former Wild forward Nick Bugstad is on the roster. And so, again, there, not a whole lot that really moves the needle a ton. Um, they've got Nick Ritchie, who has signed for $2.5 million uh, through the end of this season. So Arizona really doesn't have a lot that is, is going to move the needle um, as well. And you got to pull the guys off the list that they're probably not uh, super keen to part with. So take Arizona off the list. Um, I mean, Chicago, Bill Guerin has shown that he is not afraid to trade with uh, division rivals. You've got Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, but I think Jonathan Taves, I don't, I don't know how much he has left in the tank he also carries a $10.5 million cap hit, so you would have to do some maneuvering there. We talked about Max Domi and Andre uh, Andreas Anthonisiu. Maybe Domi is a player that you look at. $3 million price tag. He can play center. He can play wing. So maybe that is a name that the Wilds keep an eye on, depending on who else is involved. But beyond that... <sighs> None of those guys really do anything for you either. So you've got maybe one name so far that's intriguing um, to the Blues. And I've heard the, the Ryan O'Reilly thrown around. And yes, he is in the final year of his deal. And it seems like the St. Louis Blues are going to be sellers at the deadline. But he's on injured reserve right now. You don't really have a firm timetable as to when he's going to be able to return. 
And do you really want to be throwing a guy like that at 31 off of a pretty major injury? Do you want to be throwing him into the mix to uh, to try to help that center position? I I would have some reservations about that, I think. And so beyond that, I mean, unless you get super creative and try to do something for Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, another name on this list would be Ivan Barbashev, but he seems like more of a depth piece than a top six guy. And beyond that, Noel Akari, who uh, I think is the uh, the exact same type of mold. So in the, the Western Conference, there, there are a couple of names that would maybe be intriguing. But beyond that, a lot of teams either have guys that they are just not going to part with or they don't have what the Wild would be looking for in an upgrade. So I think... The big spots that the Wilds can uh, look to upgrade is going to be out east. And so we'll take a look at a couple of possibilities in the Eastern Conference as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wilds after this. Our next partner is a product I use every single day of the week. I started taking AG1 because it helps you simplify your vitamin and supplement routine. All you need is one delicious scoop of AG1, and you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Athletic Greens is also lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day, to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Lockdown NHL Prospects show to get the full lowdown on all of the top names in the 2023 NHL Draft, plus organizational rankings as well. Lockdown NHL Prospects is available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, absolutely free of charge. Does the East have anything to offer for the Wild in a potential for a trade? Uh, let's look at the standings to try to figure out which teams are out enough to be looking to make a deal. Columbus, they are in last by a gazillion miles, so I'd have to say yes. Montreal, Ottawa, probably Detroit, probably Philadelphia. The intriguing one for me is the Florida Panthers. The Panthers currently sit three points out of a wildcard spot. They 
have been floundering around 500 pretty much all season. They made the huge trade with the Calgary Flames in the offseason, and both teams have just not been able to get anything really going momentum-wise here so far this season. They have given up almost... In fact, uh, actually, it is the th- looks like the third most goals in the Eastern Conference, that being the Florida Panthers. And so that leads you to believe that the goaltending and the defense are letting them down uh, so far this season. Now, the Panthers are in a bit of a cap mess at the moment. They have virtually no cap space uh to do anything with at this point. And so for them, they would be looking to try to get some contracts off the books to, uh, to leave them with a little flexibility to do something else. I mean, they've got that Sergei Bobrovsky contract that is just boat anchoring uh, them at a $10 million per year cap hit. Just yikes. Um, and you've got the likes of Alexander Barkov. You've got Matthew Kachuk as well. If the Wild are looking for somebody to inject into the top six, you've got a couple of names, I think, that are intriguing. And uh, how willing the Panthers would be to be doing this is another thing. But I think your most tradable assets for the Florida Panthers would be some combo of Sam Reinhardt, Sam Bennett, and Carter Verhage. Because you've got Barkov, he's your top guy. He's not going anywhere. He's signed to a very, very long-term deal, as is Matthew Kachuk. So those are your two franchise cornerstones going forward. You don't have a ton in the way of uh, reliable defensemen. You've got Aaron Ekblad. But beyond that, it's kind of a patchwork unit. And so, I don't know if Florida would do this. This is purely for speculation. But the Wild could, and maybe you add a prospect or something to, uh, you'd have to add a prospect or two to sweeten it for the Panthers. But there could be a situation in which the Wild are able to throw them, say, Matt Dumba, and you add whatever else is needed to make it work, you retain some of the Dumba salary, and you take on, like, let's just let's just say Reinhardt, for example, because he's a year older, he's a little bit more expensive, and he's signed through next season as well. You go after Reinhardt, you retain maybe half of the salary of Matt Dumba or something along those lines to where the Panthers are actually getting um, some salary relief in this situation. And the Wild are getting somebody that can be for them a, uh, a top six impact player and you're moving on from Matt Dumba. It, it could be a scenario, but I think that is – the overall point is that Bill Guerin is going to have to be real creative with what he does and um, how a move is made to uh, to help this team out 
at the deadline. Reinhardt, just for uh, just for fun, 17 goals, 22 assists in uh, 52 games, 39 points on the season. He plays right around 19 minutes uh, per night. On the ice, he's got eight power play goals. He's got nine power play assists and is shooting 13% on the season. Now, again, would this be something that Florida would do? I, I just look at the Panthers in a situation where they are in need of a little bit of a different look from that roster that is underperforming this season. And so maybe that ends up being a situation where you take advantage of that and you find a way to do something. It certainly seems like Bill Guerin is much more comfortable with a rental situation to upgrade this team if they do at the deadline. And let's say that the Florida thing is not uh, a, a route that the Wild end up wanting to go down. Let's just look at the uh, the rest of the mix. You've got the Columbus Blue Jackets. I, I mean, centers there that you're looking at. Boone Jenner signed through 2025-2026, so that's probably a no. Uh, Jack Roslovic signed through the end of 2023-2024 for $4 million. And beyond that, I mean, I just don't really see anything that would be enough of a move-the-needle upgrade. And it's the same thing for Philly. You're not going to be able to get Kevin Hayes. He's signed through 2025-2026. Is James Van Riemsdyk going to be what you would consider an upgrade. And beyond that, all the other guys that you'd even look at are on the younger side and or are signed for like four years. So Philly doesn't really have anything that you would uh, would look at and say, yeah, we could, uh, we could definitely do this. The interesting one is Detroit. They have a majority of their roster – signed through this year, and that's it. You've got Dylan Larkin, who is an unrestricted free agent after this season. Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, Pius Suter, Oscar Sundquist, um, and on and on and on down the list. And so they don't have a ton on the books past this season to where maybe you are able to, if they have to make some decisions... Maybe you are able to take advantage of uh, one of those guys. Larkin would be sweet, but uh, I, I don't know that that's going to, uh, to be something that could potentially happen. Uh, beyond that, the Montreal Canadiens, it's, it's the same story for, uh, for Montreal. I mean, they've got a ton of guys on injured reserve right now. Beyond that, you could look at like Evgeny Dadnov, but he's signed for five million this season. Are these guys really upgrades that you're looking for? And then the Ottawa Senators, uh, Shane Pinto, I would assume, is completely off limits. Yeah, it's Alex DeBrincat, maybe. Now that uh, now that the Senators are firmly out of the playoff picture, but again, it it's it's a matter of on one end, 
finding something that would warrant an upgrade, and for two, putting it into those constraints of leaning more towards a rental, somebody that is not on the books past this season. And so it's a narrow window to look through for the Wilds to uh, to make an upgrade, but we can count the Bo Horvat trade as a win for the Minnesota Wilds because he did not go to the one team I think that he was linked to that kind of scared me, the Colorado Avalanche. So him not going to the Avs keeps him off their roster this season. And by him going to a fringe Eastern Conference playoff team, that um, that keeps him from from prevent uh, potentially preventing the Wild from um, making a push down the stretch. So trade deadline is officially underway. We'll keep an eye on all the possibilities, and we'll start to uh, dive in a little more to some of the names that uh, the Wilds could potentially target. Just went broad strokes here today just to try to get the conversation started, but this is just a starting point. We'll have plenty more as we go throughout uh, the next couple of weeks. Make sure that you are staying up to date with everything going on at Lockdown Wild by subscribing on your favorite podcast platforms. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on all podcast platforms, including now Amazon Music, and on social media as well as we guide you through the rest of the season up to the trade deadline to see if the Wilds will be buying or staying put or selling. Hopefully not selling. But uh, we'll see how things play out and uh, make sure that you stick with us. We have new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.